Hello and welcome to another edition of the Third Shift Football Podcast. This time we take a look ahead to all of Week 8's games, talk about Thursday Night Football, and ask you to remember that Tom Brady gave up Giselle Bündchen for this Bucks season. God. Hey everybody, how are you doing? It's 11.30 on the East Coast. This is the Third Shift Football Podcast. We stay up late to watch football, including college football. Our Utes just took the lead against Wazoo with their backup quarterback, four-string running back, and um, Neil, I would give my knee for Cam Rising right now. This is stressful. I'm way too stressed out for a Thursday night for football. But anyways, welcome to the show. I wish they gave Nate Johnson some run. That's that's what I would Yeah. Say. Anyway, we could do a football Utah football podcast, but there's too many of those. So let's stick Are with there? our there's a lot actually. Oh yeah, there's so many, there's so many Utah football podcasts, but the over the world of NFL podcasts. We are trailblazers. No one's done it before. No one will do it after us. Nobody will record right after a game. Mina, Mina Kimes, who the fuck is that? <laughs> She's great. Yeah, we've discussed that many times on this pod, and that's a common refrain. So, I know we've been watching Utah football, but we did watch Thursday night football between the Ravens and Buccaneers, and um, there's a tale of two halves. I think that's the best way to describe this game. There was the first half where the Ravens did the exact opposite thing that their team was built for, and then there was the second half where Greg Roman went, oh, fuck, I have the wrong playbook and actually called the good shit in the second half. So, like, I think at one point in the first half, they'd, thir- they'd run 13 plays and 11 of them were passes. I'm like, Greg, you made this offense. Do you not remember how to run it? Do I need to take the keys from you? And then the second half, lots of runs, get a little more Lamar involved, start doing play action. The dropbacks are a little less predictable and you can all of a sudden shit springing open. Like, what? why did you forget this in the first half? And the whole second half was without Mark Andrews, who got an injury in the first half. I say it likely looked real good, but they still don't have a receiver. That no. is an actual wide receiver. Um, so that's still concerning. But I thought that was a great win for Baltimore. Like oh, yeah. I thought I thought Lamar had a really nice bounce back game. I thought his fundamentals looked a lot better once uh they started running the ball more effectively. The O-line was winning, but this game unfortunately for Baltimore will not be talked about in their name. It'll be all about Tampa Friday morning next week. This team is a shove itself. Yeah. Their defense can't win because they're on the field too much because the offense is just garbage. And I hate to say it all of Twitter has been saying it all night. Tom's done. Yeah, this is, this is his, this is his, it's not quite as bad as this yet, but this is his Peyton Manning 15. This is his, probably Ben Roethlisberger three years ago, because Ben played about three years longer than he should have. Or Drew Brees' um, last year. Yeah, where it's just like, you can see the embers are still there. Like he still does some things, but it's just consistently not there anymore, especially because he has to move a lot more. I mean, Matt Ryan showed it too this year, right? The first few weeks of the season, first seven weeks, Matt Ryan showed it too. There was embers. He's responsible for the Colts having three wins and a tie, but he also has nine interceptions and 11 fumbles. And the thing with Tom is if he doesn't have a clean pocket, it's going to be ugly. And this Bucks O-line, we said it last week, the injuries caught up to them and they can't run the ball effectively. And that means they can't trick the defense into thinking they're going to run. They pass. Like it's just—it's so sad to see Tom like this. But the Bucks did this to themselves. Yeah, I mean they're just—you uh, got to think the loss of uh, oh, it, it's for the biscuit. Yeah. Don't, ah, God damn it! I remember. I can't remember. Right now. Yeah, I can't either. It's too late for that. Yeah. Well, they replaced their former offensive guru head coach, uh, whose name I will remember after this pod is over and I'm sitting upstairs. Bruce Arians? Bruce Arians, thank you. No risk it, no biscuit. Um, Bruce Arians, and you kind of see that in the offensive philosophy. They're a lot more conservative. They're they do have some deep shots in there, but they're kind of few and far between. And 
the problem is their best deep shot guy right now is Mike Evans and him and Brady are intermittently on the same page. Like the whole offense is just extremely out of sync. It's not creative. I mean, they were doing a better job at sometimes throwing a first down tonight, but they're just, it's uninspired. The people aren't executing well. The offensive lines are blocking well. And frankly, Tom isn't playing well. It's just a hot mess. And then the defense isn't good enough to pick up the slack. I think a lot of Tom's play has to do with off the field. All that noise that he's hearing in the media on top of whatever's going on in his marriage is definitely playing a part in this. There's no sugarcoating it. And I hate to bring that up, but it's just the truth. You know, there's the work-life balance, right? Well, when the two mesh in any profession, even us, it's a little chaotic, right? Well, his is definitely chaotic right now. And, you know, I hope everything works out with him and his family. But when it comes to football, it's it's ugly. No, it's – yeah, this season's just hellish for the Bucs and Tom. And in some ways, you hate to see it in other ways. I'm a little dancing on Tom's grave on the football field. Everything else, I hope that works out. But right, I would agree with that. On the other hand, to... though, go ahead. This is we need to talk more about the Ravens, though, because uh, one actually we need to mention one thing. This now means that the winner of the Panthers Falcons game will be the leader in the NFC South after this game. Raise your hand if you had that happening. Now put your fucking hand down because you're lying. <laughs> um, so there's that. But then another news. This was a big win for the Ravens. I know people aren't going to talk about it, but they need this. They need to keep pace. The, Bing- the Bengals are starting to catch fire, and they need to stay enough ahead of the Browns that if Deshaun comes back and lights the world on fire, that they can do that. I don't think the Ravens are as bad as sometimes they've looked this year. They have some problems. They really do. But this is important for them because they need to keep place with the Bengals. They need to keep ahead of the Browns because right now they still have the tiebreaker over Cincinnati. And that's huge. And now they kind of get a mini bye week. They're five and three. Mm-hmm. They get the mini bye. Their bodies get the rest up. Uh, their bye week. Uh, I think it's it's next. It's not next week, but the week after. So they play Monday Night Football on the seventh. That's their next game. So the huge mini bye, and then they get another bye week. Yeah, that'll be good for them, especially because they're kind of banged up. J.K. Dobbins isn't back yet. Gus Edwards went out in this game. Mark Andrews went out in this game. Like, they they do need to get somewhat healthier. Uh, Ronnie Stanley needs to get a little healthier. So, And the schedule lines up. They get Saints, Panthers, Jags, Broncos, Steelers. That's five winnable games. Like, they can go on a stretch here where they go 10-3. and three. I can for sure see that happening. Anything else, Neil, on Thursday Night Football we get, before we get to the headlines of the NFL? No. I mean, it was a better game than I thought it would be, but it just the Bucks are down bad, man. So, uh, the Bears and the Eagles made a trade. Neil, you want to go over that? Uh, yeah. Uh, the Eagles bolstered their pass rush and defensive line even more. They acquired Robert Quinn from the Bears for a fourth-round pick, if memory serves. Um, I think it's a good trade for – it's actually a pretty decent trade for both sides. Robert Quinn's kind of an enigmatic player. He's had really great years and then really bad years and great years. And like this year, he's not doing so hot, like an 8% pressure rate. He had 18.5 sacks last year on admittedly not that great of a pressure rate. So it's a little, his career's weird, but he's a good enough player. He'll be a good complement to a pretty good defensive line room in Philly. And he adds a little more pass rush juice on passing down. So it's a good trade for Philly. And then for the Bears, look, you know, you're not doing much this year. So get some more assets for the future. Yep. And then the next trade that happened also today is your Chiefs. I have thoughts. I don't know if we have enough time, but for me, oh, we to have ramble plenty about of time. This, but... We have plenty of time. <sighs> So yeah, uh, the Chiefs today traded with the Giants. They traded a compensatory third. I know it was originally reported as conditional, but it's a compensatory third they got for Ryan Poles going to Chicago and a sixth round pick for Kadarius Tony. And this is a weird one, Josh. <laughs> I love it. I like in a vacuum. I like it. If I take the Kadarius Tony against like the Saints or the Cowboys last year, where he was making people miss, making contested catches amazing mover maybe actually pretty fast but not like the fastest guy in the field but incredible quick twitch athleticism 
be able to make guys miss in space, which is something the Chiefs need. Miko is fast, but he's not really that kind of quick twitch, make you miss in a box kind of guy. So this is this could be big for the Chiefs. It might take a while to get integrated, but he's that guy who can win against man coverage. You, you could throw a five-yard pass, he gets you 20. That is great. But that comes with a lot of caveats. One, is he going to be healthy? He's only played five games in the one and a half seasons he's been in the league. And then two, why did the Giants trade him? The Giants have one of the worst wide receiver rooms in the league. You'd agree with that, right? Oh, 100%. It's crazy that they're 6-1 and one right now. So why are they trading away from this position? That's somewhat concerning. That yeah, the I mean, there's like, definitely a red flag okay. on that front. But if Definitely. you're the Chiefs, you got to look. I, I know what they're thinking. Kadarius Tony's under control for 2025. He's through 24, and there's a team option for 25. He's still in a rookie contract. He's only making 700K this year. He's cheap. He can do something for your offense. And if he fails, yeah, you gave up a third, basically fourth round pick. But it's just more cheap, cost controlled receivers for the future, especially because uh, Gigi's on a one year contract. Miko's a free agent after this year. So they're only receivers under contract for next year before Tony was Marcus Bell, the scaling at Skymore. Right. So they did need people under control. I hope this pans out. If the chiefs, everyone talks about the chiefs culture being really good. If they can get Tony to buy in and get him to flash what he did against the Cowboys last year, amazing pickup for the chiefs. I'm not sure that'll happen this year. It may not happen at all, but it's just, it's a, it's a risky one. Right. And then the last one is Jamar Chase is out for a few weeks with a hip injury. Man, just as the Bengals are starting to catch fire. Right. Um, there are reports that the timetable is kind of unclear because he will probably heal pretty quickly from this. I I like Which, how the medical diagnosis is, to put it as people put it on Twitter, he built different. Yeah, it's like it's I'm a not, hip injury. It's not sure I think like on that. Weeks. It's going to yeah. probably take four weeks. Here's hoping it's five. <laughs> so the Chiefs aren't playing. But a huge loss. I mean, they go play Cleveland. We're going to break down that game later on in the show. But huge loss. I mean, like you said, their offense was finally clicking. Yeah, and he's he can be the engine that makes it go. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Tyler Boyd. I like T. Higgins. But Jamar Chase is the alpha dog. When he's feasting, the whole offense looks better. Exactly. He, clearly, Joe trusts him quite a bit. So without that there, that's – not a great thing for an already sometimes inconsistent Bengals offense. I don't think it will hurt them this week, but I think it will hurt them going forward. I agree with that. And then the last uh, tidbit is the Titans announced renderings for their new stadium. It looks like a top golf. It's awesome. I think it looks incredibly cool. And the bills released theirs today. And theirs looks like Tottenham Spurs stadium over in England. If you don't know what it looks like, gts it which means google that shit oh i never heard that before are you serious i no, seriously i've never heard gts for google what that kind shit. of rock are you under in kansas i mean knowing the kansas <laughs> soil composition like sandstone you can't, you can't <laughs> see this from the zoom that we're doing but he literally just looked up from the room i've been in before in his house <laughs> Oh, my God. But anyway, awesome uh, renderings from the Bills and Titans on their new stadiums. The Bills will obviously be outdoor, which. I love it. No. No, 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 no. We've argued this, but I'm going to make my point again. If you're the Bills from a competitive standpoint, you want to make teams come to Buffalo in January. That is to your advantage. It's why the Vikings were so good in the playoffs in the 60s and 70s. Because teams would have to come to fucking Minnesota when it's negative 10 out. And I know the Cowboys, I think, won one of those games in like Green Bay or something. But most of the time, those Southern teams coming up to Minnesota having to deal with that brutal cold doesn't end well. So that's an advantage. That seriously is an advantage. Making That's why, why Peyton Manning lost so many times to Tom Brady. Because he had to go to Foxborough and play in me. the elements. Like, that's an advantage. I know you want them to host the Super Bowl and yada, 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 yada. I get that. But from a competitive standpoint, this is what's best. You're for not the wrong. You're not wrong. But the Titans will be indoor, which I, I find that kind of interesting, but it makes sense because Nashville's become such a hot city. Yeah. It's also, it makes more sense for Nashville because, I mean, you don't have the weather advantage. It gets cold in Nashville. What the hell are you talking about? I'm not saying it doesn't get cold, but it doesn't get like Buffalo cold. 
Listen, that shit coming off of Lake Erie. It doesn't even get Kansas City cold in Memphis. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Nashville's not that cold in the winter, is it? Bullshit. It can get cold in Nashville. I don't say it can't get cold. I just don't like here. As somebody that that grew up four hours from Nashville, it's not warm. It's not like it was Alabama. Warm. It's not like Alabama. Like I've seen shit where it's like twenty degrees there, ten degrees. That's not warm. I'm not saying that's warm, but like Buffalo, we're talking like almost zero shit. In Kansas City, we're talking hovering around zero with snow. Yeah. So also, anyway. the average the average temperature in Nashville in January is a high of forty seven and a low of twenty nine. Fuck global warming. God damn it. Why you gotta make me look stupid? Anyway. I got nothing else. That 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 was all the headlines. I think that was all the headlines. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Anyway, exciting news though about the podcast. We're also on iHeartRadio website. Hey. So uh, you can find us now on almost every podcast platform. I don't need to list them all. You can find us on the big ones: Apple, Google, and Spotify. Also, Amazon Music, Audible, and iHeartRadio. Bam. That's all of them. And you can find us on Twitter as well: TTSF underscore podcast. Neil, it is week eight after this slate of games. We're halfway through the season. Whoa. Whoa. No, we won't sing that song. <laughs> kind of crazy, though, right? I mean, it feels like it just started in a way, and also it's been a grind. The NFL keeps happening, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. No. Nope. And by the way, a reminder, starting today, 27 straight days of football either NFL or college. That's because Maction is back and we're oh, all better for it. I should go to Buffalo for a game. Yes. Are they doing, are they doing like a Tuesday nighter? Cause you should I, definitely go to some, you know, I, I was not prepared to look this up. You know what? Head. Nope. No, you start, you start us off on this podcast. I got you, homie. We're looking up when, uh, how Buffalo is doing. Um, I know they've won like a few in a row. Um, they play, um, I got oh, you, homie. Do they really not you, have a, November 19th? Is that really their first one at home? Oh, they're away for all the action. No. Damn. Buckle up. You're driving to Ohio. <laughs> damn it. Might as well. Um, damn it. Ah, oh, that sucks. I would oh, next year. I will next do year. it next year. Um, so we actually have, I would say an interesting slate. I wouldn't say it. It's spectacular on paper, but there is a lot here because there's only one game this whole slate where both teams are above 500. And we'll get to that game in a little bit. I'll give you a hint. It's in the NFC. It's not the game you think it is. (laughs) It is not. So, but let's start with the first game. It is an early, early kickoff for those in the West Coast. It is the Broncos Jaguars in London. I believe it's at Wembley. Uh, 9 30 a.m. Eastern kickoff. It's only on ESPN Plus. Only on ESPN Plus. The Jaguars are the home team. They're fair by two and a half. I I don't think we're a hundred percent sure Russell's playing. Right? I don't think so. No, I think he's still questionable. Although he was doing like high leaves for four hours. Listen, listen, I know it's a long ass plane ride from Denver to London. Dude, just sleep. Like, just watch sleep. a movie. Watch, catch up on your shows. You don't need to be doing fucking high knees at 30,000 feet above sea level. And listen, if I was one of his teammates, I would say, bro, sit the fuck down. <laughs> like, I used to like Russ. And now with all this shit coming out about him, I'm just like, I, I would punch him. I think he's just trying too hard. I he think is, that's always and that's why I can't his problem. stand. Yeah, he's just too much. He's just too much. Listen, I used to be one of those too much people when it comes to intensity, and Neil can attest to this. But it was like one of my like best traits of me is like I just care that much, and I've learned to tone it down a little bit. But Russ, you are a thirty-three-year-old grown man with children, a family, a beautiful wife. Like, bro, like this has got to you got to like mature a little bit and chill. It's as, it's as Mitchell Schwartz put it, it's that it's like he spent so much time 
pretending like trying to be what he thought people wanted in a quarterback he fell too far down the rabbit hole and now can't get back out uh completely fair that's a fair observation so enough with that let's talk about the actual game i think if the and this is all being reported if the broncos don't win this game it's a fire sale and it if that happens neil it's the biggest bust of a team's expectations I think we've ever seen in the NFL. I mean, it's like what this in the 2012 Eagles. I guess that Eagles come to mind. Um, There's another Broncos team that's supposed to be really good that he'll flatten their stupid fucking faces right out of the gate too. I just can't remember what year it was. was. It Was it the Osweiler year when they signed to that big contract after Peyton retired? Probably. Would have been one of the McDaniels years too. Um, yeah, I could have been that. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't think of another team that had a Super Bowl roster going into the year and add a quarterback like Russell Wilson from Seattle, who had a pretty good year. Not like one of his best years in Seattle, but it was good, right? Like I'm just, I'm. It's mind blowing that they're two and five, and honestly. If I'm the general manager, if I'm John Elway, and they lose that game, I would purposely wait till they get to the tarmac and then tell Nathaniel Hackett, like, hey, you're not allowed on this plane. Uh, I'm not sure I would let him fly back with the team. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he gets to the tarmac and he can't get on the plane. No, he, he's done in the stadium. But, yeah, it, this is unprecedented because for – because they – I hate how I can't speak English words sometimes. They went all in this offseason, like all the fuck in. And I, we coach. love that. We yeah, love, love it. I love them going for it. I'm sad it, this happened. Not really, but you get my point. Um, but the Broncos hit shine through. But it, I've just, it just blown up so spectacularly. So in this weird spot where, yeah, it's reported they're going to blow this thing up. And if they lose this game, and if they do indeed trade like Bradley Chubb, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, like just clear the cupboard, where does that leave this team? They don't have a first round pick next year. And see, that's, that's why you don't box. blow it up. I, I, unless you feel like you're going to get valuable assets back from Jerry Judy or Bradley Chubb, you keep this roster together and you just let them figure it out until next year with a different coach. Yeah, that's be where I'd lean no matter what happens, even if they flame out this year. Like, yeah, you don't have that high draft pick to improve, but maybe get a better coach. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. But if they blow this up, I just – this would be one of the most spectacular failures in NFL history. It just would be. You they know gave what? up all those picks and all that money for Russell Wilson, and they couldn't even make it a full season without just blowing it to pieces. You came and convinced me to pick the Broncos on Sunday. No. You can't. And I, 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 again, I like this Jags team. I like where they're finally going. It feels like they have direction and London games are always tough, but for this franchise, they've played there every year for years now. It's nothing new. So I have to give the advantage to them. And because the Broncos offense has been so dysfunctional, like I, I just can't trust it. So I'm going to go with the Jaguars. I'm going to have them covering two and a half. I think they win by a field goal, maybe maybe six. Yeah, I, I'm i with you on this one. And I can, I can see a world where the Broncos win this game. The Broncos, what's being lost in all I mean, the Yeah, they have the roster. They have the talent. Well, it's not even that. What's being lost in the discourse about the Broncos this year is the Broncos defense is really fucking good. I think that's somewhat lost in the shuffle this I, year. I think there's a, there's a graphic out there. I don't remember who it was from. There's the top five defenses in the league. It's the Bills, the Eagles. Niners. Niners. No, 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 no. This one had, like, it wasn't the Niners because all these teams that were listed there had, like, six and one records or undefeated. And then there was the Broncos at two and five. Yeah, the Broncos defense is legit, and I can definitely see Bradley Chubb and uh, Randy Gregory getting to Trevor Lawrence and making his life hell this weekend, but I just have no faith in the Broncos offense to do anything. It's, this is how bad their offense is functioning this year. I think their defense could very well dominate this game, but I don't think it will matter. 
just because of how anemic the offense is. So yeah, give me the Jags, give me the cover. It's crazy that if if we look back on this game, if we could look at this game back before week one started, there was no way in hell I would have picked against the Broncos. No. There's no way in hell. And that's just a testament of how poor the coach they are and how the players have responded to Russell. And it's been so negative. It's it's really remarkable. There's no other way to put it. So uh, let's move on. We're going to just kind of go through the slate. We kind of have a top four, but I think it's more appropriate to go through the slate to really tell how week eight is. Because there's really, like, the third to last game we're going to get to is the only game that has two teams above 500 record-wise. And we'll get there in a little bit. So Panthers-Falcons, this is actually a really important game for both teams that are, one, trying to tank, and two, they can win the NFC South still. It's crazy. Well, Uh, I mean, there is, I mean, yeah, these both these teams are in heavy contention for the NFC South. I mean, which is wild to say, especially about the Panthers, but this game, this game's tough because my brain says Falcons. They have been the better team all year. The Panthers have been apocalyptically bad most of the year. But last week where the Falcons got just freaking mulched by the Bengals. But it was coming. It was coming. But it was also like the Bengals offense, which has the ability to do that. But it's the Panthers win against the Buccaneers that makes me ask some questions. But they were dominant in that game. Like they shut down the Bucks offense, which isn't that impressive, but they were able to move the ball somewhat on the Buccaneers defense. And which PJ again, Walker again, not again, regardless of how healthy Baker and Sam are. Yeah. And so that's interesting to me. I, so I can see that, but I just, you know, I, I got to give the nod to the Falcons in this game. I think they have, they have an identity. It's a running team for better, for better or worse. 13 times down by 20 points. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Falcons. Hey, you got to respect their hustle. Like I don't. <laughs> like, they know they can't really throw the ball. And they're just like, nine man in the box, we're going to run the ball. But the Falcons, the Panthers don't have the ability to probably eviscerate the Falcons to the air. Like the, uh, like the Bengals could. Although, do we know how how uh aj terrell is looking i'm not sure i will look that up um but i just don't think they quite have the ability what's the injury report say um it's it's hard because you trust what you've seen from the falcons consistently all mm -hmm. year whether it's win or losses but this is kind of new for the panthers it was one game yeah i was at home against your division rival in tampa bay but was it fool's gold? There was a lot on that game, right? You trade your best player. You're trying to really come out for your new coach and your quarterback who's starting. I, I just can't pick against Atlanta at home. I think if this was in Carolina, I feel a little bit more confident picking, picking them. But I'm going to go with the home team. The Falcons are very by four. I think they'll cover as well. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to bank on the Falcons' consistency in this game because, I mean, they've just been the better team overall this year, at least the one loss there. And they did make it somewhat spicy before just falling off to the wayside. Right. So, yeah, give it to the Falcons because I also remember P.J. Walker throwing for 60 yards against the Rams. So, yeah, that game's on Fox, by the way. The next game is also on Fox. It is the Chicago Bears hanging down to Big D to take on the Cowboys. Here's a question for you. So, on Monday night, like we and probably most of America were somewhat shocked by the fact that the Bears just rev, like just boat raced the Pats. But they did it using kind of like the Ravens playbook where there are a lot of QB run, a lot of that stuff in there. Do you think that's their offense going forward? I think so. I think they have to. Because, I agree. Because they just don't have the weapons on the outside. And I thought it was brilliant on how they use Justin Fields. Grant, it's really dangerous to do that with a quarterback if they can't sustain hits and you know, Lamar's done it for his whole career. Now I I like the approach. I think that's great coaching. 
on their end to recognize that, hey, we can't be a traditional uh, passing team. Like, we got to have to run with both the running backs and Justin Fields. And it worked. The Patriots kind of thrown off by it. I think the, but I think the Cowboys will be better equipped to handle it because they have Michael Parsons. <laughs> and Demar- they have a much better up front. I, I like Matthew Judon. I really do. But he's I love not Matthew, Matthew Judon. But he's not Demarcus Lawrence. No. Well, you know, he's more like Demarcus Lawrence. They just don't have a Michael Parsons on that roster. That's what the Pats couldn't counter with. And Cowboys, listen, I'm in Survivor. The Patriots screwed me last week, but luckily the other guy took the Patriots. Get the fucking W. That's all I'm asking. Dak Prescott, (laughs) I need like 500-yard tutties. But in all honesty, the Cowboys should roll. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, they're off. This should be a great offensive explosion for Dak. Like I could see like 300 passing yards, three touchdowns. I could. Uh, Zeke's been out though for two weeks. That's something to keep in mind, or not two weeks, uh, two days this week for practice. I think that's something to monitor. So a heavy dose of Tony Pollard. If you if you have him on your fantasy team, for sure start him. It sounds like Zeke's not healthy. Yeah, and honestly, that might be a blessing in disguise because Tony Pollard's a but really Zeke's great back. Good the last couple weeks, I feel like he he's has... had, like his burst is kind of there. It's not like how it was um, in twenty sixteen. No, in his best year, but I mean, it's been there, and the old line's been really humming again, which is nice to see out of Dallas. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the look the Bears' defense is was already not great and they just gave away one of their pass rushers and Robert Quinn there. Well, I mean, it's the right, it's the right move. They know it is a contender. Listen, when we get to the Eagles here in a little bit, my God, like Jesus. Yeah. So they're not going to be as potent. I know, right? Nuremi's potent defensively, and honestly, the Cowboys are much are better defense than the Pats. They're much better equipped to deal with running quarterbacks. So yeah, give me the Cowboys and give I'm me t- the cover. I'm I'm covering too. I nine halves a lot, but this Cowboys team should cover that. The keyword is should. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Let's move on to. I think this is a trap game. Oh, me too. Dolphins Lions. I, I have a couple of co-workers that are Dolphins fans, and the one I love him to death. He was like, dude, take the Dolphins and Survivor playing the Lions. I'm like I am right there with you. I mm. this game, the cards, it's the stinky. Dolphins. It's stinky. My problem is the Dolphins offense has looked good for what one quarter this season, really? Yeah, there's nothing that's screened to me that's like, hey. We're really talented with Tyreek and Jalen Wall. Like, there's been moments of it. And I know Tua's been banged up and whatever, but I just don't trust them yet completely. And the Lions, while, yeah, their defense is atrocious, they're going to run the ball down Miami's throat. That's a concern because Najee Harris had one of his better weeks last week against that front. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, that Steelers O line ain't the Lions O line. Which, God, I I appreciate you building what they have in Detroit on the offensive line. There is nothing better, people, than watching O lines go to work in football. It's better than watching a quarterback dice up a defense. I'm dead serious. Watching a grown man get put on his back that's 300 pounds. That's absurd. Yes, it's always beautiful violence up front. Yes, beautiful I violence. just, in this game, though, I, I'm going to give the nod to the Dolphins. I just think that the Lions have looked dismal the last couple of weeks. Like, that offense is regressing. Now, admittedly, this was against better defenses. Don't get me wrong. But the Dolphins' defense isn't terrible. They can. They have some big player. They have some turnover ability. They have some decent pieces. I just think the Lions don't have enough boom in the passing game right now, especially with Jared Goff, to keep up with the Dolphins. Execution issues beside the points. Are you taking the Dolphins' points, though, at three and a half? Yeah, I'll uh, one by two. I think I'm going to go with it, too. If I think if it was, like, four and a half, I would lean Lions for the, the spread. But I think that's enough. Again, I think this is a really 
big this is like a trap game for me if you're a Dolphins fan like you got if, a huge win on Sunday night football and then you got to go to Detroit who's one and six one yeah. seven yeah like, they're one and six if mm, they lose this game I would not be surprised like, I wouldn't either I'm not gonna pick it because I just think the talent deficiency is too much especially I think with their receiving core a little banged up for the Lions memory right. serves I'm not gonna pick it but if the Lions win I am not going to be surprised at all. Right. So let's move on. Um, this is a game I, I can see going either way, and it's the Cardinals, Vikings, and Minneapolis. The Vikings are favored. Uh, the game's on Fox, by the way. Dolphins lines on CBS. This really? feels like a game the Vikings are going to lose. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I just don't think the Cardinals – the one thing that can throw the – the Vikings off is is you can shut down Justin Jefferson and get some pressure on Kirk. Can the Cardinals do that? Is this I don't are they gonna get so. JJ Watt from the time machine from when yeah, he if they was... get if they get like 2013 JJ Watt, maybe, but unfortunately it's the year of Warlord 2022, so that ain't happening. They don't have any fucking corners worth of shit, and they're really not that good up front to defend against, you know, Dalvin fucking Cook. I, look, I agree with this. The The Vikings always find new and spectacular ways to disappoint me. But so far, this, this Cardinals team is just not good. They're not good offensively. They didn't look that good last week, even with DeAndre Hopkins back. I mean, it took Andy, Dal- Andy Dalton throwing two pick sixes under two minutes for them to really pull away in that game. And the Vikings have enough pieces on both sides of the ball to win this game. So give me the Vikings, give me the cover. I just don't think the Cardinals are going to do much of this. I do expect a monster game from Justin Jefferson. Like absolute monster game. I believe they came off a bye. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So, and it's at home. The Cardinals, like you said, they just don't have the pass rush. And if you give Kirk Cousins any time, he's going to dissect the defense. And he's going to do it very efficiently. Um, next game's on CBS. We're going to the Big Easy with the Raiders Saints. Andy Dalton is apparently starting over a healthy Jameis Winston. And listen, I don't love it. Just because of that, the Raiders will win this game and cover. I have nothing else. They are they are not playing their best eleven. I agree with you. I think the Raiders are going to win this game. I think the Raiders are still better than their record would indicate. But just to talk about the other side, though, because the Ra- what the Raiders have going for them is they're going to have Devontae Adams, and so far this year the Saints secondary has been banged up and not that great. Do we know how Marshawn Lattimore is doing? These are the things I need to look up before the pod. And <laughs> I just, just get too spontaneous. Dist- I, get, I just get too distracted, and then my brain's just like, "What about Marshawn Lattimore?" I don't know, but I don't think like it matters. I, I really don't think it matters though, because the Saints' offense is going to put their defense in such bad positions because Andy Dalton's the quarterback. We saw it on Thursday night against the Bears. They had no business losing that game. No business. I, yeah, I agree. I don't think Andy Dalton will be that catastrophic again, but I just think. Their offense has a definite ceiling right now, and I think the Raiders will be able to score enough points that it, they can't overcome it. So, yeah, give me the Raiders and give me the cover. Yeah, I would agree with that. And this this game is mm, really interesting. CBS, <laughs> we're going to the Meadowlands. Patriots-Jets, the Jets are 5-2. and two. Mac Jones is allegedly going to start. <sighs> the malpractice in New England. God, Jesus. I'm still not over it. I'm still no. I still can't get over what happened, Neil. I'm pissed. Yeah, it's it was not it was not a good way to handle it. I think it the Patriots enough. blow the Jets out. I think it's ugly. Ugly. I'm with you. I I have Man, some. We concerns. are picking every game to say. I know we are in lockstep this week. Um <laughs> People, it's, we, it's don't, because... we don't tell each other our picks. This no. you know. We don't. No, it's like, wham, we're, we're overdogs this week. Um, But it's it comes down to this. Uh, the Jets' offense is interesting right now in that they don't have much of a passing game. And so far this year, Zach Wilson has struggled immensely when pressured. Like his QBR when pressure is like 26 or something like that. He's averaging like two yards per attempt when yep. he's pressured. And that's not good. 
but especially against and I we I said some things last week when I was pissed that I don't quite agree with that I kind of walked back a bit but Bill Belichick's still a good coach I think I was saying the offense is fucking stupid this year but he's still a good coach especially on the defensive side of the ball and if there's anyone who can scheme up ways to make Zach Wilson's life a living hell it is Bill Belichick and for that reason and since they just lost Brees Hall I just don't think they'll have the same punch in the run game I think the Patriots win this game. It might be a low-scoring slugfest, but I think the Patriots have the edge. I, I think Mac Jones has a monster game. I really do. I think he wants – I really think he'll – he won't throw towards Sauce. It's, well, the thing is, is that Hall on the other side's pretty much playing just – or DJ Reed. Yeah, DJ Reed on the other side has been almost as good as I Sauce Gardner. That, but I feel like Mac is going to want to prove – that last week was a bunch of shit and it should never happened. You just want to prove that Ramondre Stevenson. That's who should want to prove it in this game. Cause that's where yeah. I attack. It's on the ground. Yep. Next game. We're uh, the battle of Pennsylvania between the Steelers and Eagles and Philadelphia, which by the way, hell of a weekend coming up there, right? World series. First two games happen in Houston. Then you got the Eagles happening on Sunday and then Tuesday or not Tuesday. Yeah. Monday, you got the world series happening. For the first time, was since 2009? Oh, yeah, those poor, poor Eagles fans. I'm poor uh, Phillies fans. They've waited so long. So long. So, um, listen, what do we what do we think of the Steelers here? They covered they're going to get waxed. I don't think they are. Really? Because I think, I think the Eagles are a much better offensive machine than the Dolphins listen, are right now. I, I know the Eagles are clearly the better team, but... I just feel like the line is too big. See, I don't. And that's because so far, what is the ste- the new look Steelers offense showing with Pickett? It has a bit more verve. But so far, like, unless George Pickens makes a great play, he's not, they're not doing much. And honestly, Pickens really isn't getting that open. He's just making the occasional great catch, which don't get me wrong, it's a good trade. But so far, their offense hasn't done much. They're going up against a much better defensive unit in the Eagles than last week against the Dolphins. And so far, the Eagles have just executed better. I mean, last week, two or three, four balls that should have been picked. Like, the the Dolphins were just a fucking mess offensively. The Eagles aren't going to do that. They're a better offensive team right now than the Dolphins. So I just think that, I think the Eagles are going to steamroll. It's a big line. And I know it's a big line. But the Eagles are just a much better team and the Steelers are still trying to find their way. So yeah, you need the Eagles to cover. I I like the Eagles to win, but I like the Steelers to cover. So that's the first one we're going to split here. On the Uh, spread. (laughs) Yeah. The spread is what we are going to change our minds on. Let's move on to the late slate for Sunday. We've got four of them. It's at three Mm -hmm. Uh, Titans, Texans in Houston. The Titans are only fair by two and a half. I don't quite get that. I kind of do, but I at the same time, the I don't. Do you? Do you? Because I've said that about three times this year about the Texans, and they haven't done fucking shit. I'm taking Houston. I, I smell it. Vegas knows something by only having it two and a half, and I'm just going to ride with it. Well, okay, so you get three points at home, right? That's the traditional one? That's the tradition, yes. So, so Vegas thinks they're five and a half points better. They think he, uh, Tennessee is, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sticking with the Titans on this one. The Texans have shown me nothing this year. They just haven't. Like, I think they're they're okay. They've given some teams some okay fights, but they just do not have enough offensively to keep up with pretty much anybody. So, yeah, give me the Titans in the cover. It's just as weird as the Titans are this year, they're, they're not going to lose to the Texans. That's fair. Cue them losing to the Texans. <laughs> now for the game of the week. It's really not. It's uh, the Commanders against the Colts in Indianapolis. Ba- the battle of backup quarterbacks, Sam Ellinger's first ever career start after the news of Matt Ryan being benched on Monday. The Colts are fair by three, which pretty much is a pick if you really look at it. Yeah. So what do you think, Neil? This one's tough. <laughs> I'm going to go Colts. But if they lose, it's going to be bad. Like, I would hate being in Indianapolis if they lose. Yeah, I I don't know. This one's, this one's rough. It, because I just don't know what this offense is going to look like with Sam Ellinger. I think they'll be different, and I think they'll probably be a little more alive. I just don't know if they'll be any fucking good. Um, 
yeah, give me the Colts simply because they made a big change. Ellinger can at least run, so they'll probably have more like quarterback run and other things in the offense. And as decent as the commanders looked at times last week, uh, Taylor Heineke has a bad habit of just doing the dumbest thing possible sometimes. He did it a couple of times last week. Give me the Colts in this game. I, I, it's tough, though. This is I agree with Vegas. This is a pickup. I'm going to go with the Colts and covering. I just I really think Sam is going to elevate this offense in ways we haven't seen because he can actually run. And I think that's going to really help this, honestly, this really terrible offensive line. Let's call it how it is. They've been terrible this year. Oh, yeah, they're god-awful. So I, I like the Colts with the points and cover. They need it. They absolutely need it. So uh, this is America's Game of the Week on Fox between two teams who are below 500. God, that's painful. 49ers Rams, Neil. Uh, it's in Los Angeles, which it doesn't matter where that game is if it's in LA. Nope. And it's on Fox, obviously, America's game of the week. 49ers favored by one and a half. It should be bigger. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't like this Rams team one bit. No, neither do I. They're just, and one, the Niners have had the Rams number pretty much most of the last like three years that like they won that one playoff game because you know jimmy but overall they've kind of had their number and their defense is exceptionally well set up to deal with the sean mcveigh system and it's not even that it's like this is the worst sean mcveigh team so far they're just they just kind of suck their o-line sucks stafford isn't playing well the receivers outside of cup aren't playing well their defense isn't playing well it's just this rams team is bad i think we just need to get to that this rams team is not good and I think the Niners are going to roll in this game, especially with more Christian McCafferty and a team that's trying to pick themselves up after getting embarrassed last week. Yep. Giving the Niners the cover. I agree with you on that. I think a huge, I think the, we see a huge pass rush from the 49ers. Now this game was close in San Francisco, but the 49ers defense has been banged up by injuries. And now they add a weapon like Christian McCaffrey. Like, yeah, that's a problem. Major problem. Uh, this is the best game of the week, people. <laughs> the game you've been waiting for, I teased it twice. No, it is not Packers-Bills. No, it is not the Bengals-Browns. It is the New York football Giants against the Seattle Seahawks in the Northwest. Why? Why is this the best game of the week? <laughs> that's that's but it, Honestly, I think this game's going to be awesome. Oh, I think it's gonna be great too. It's I'm really excited to watch. I kind of hope I get it. I doubt I do. No, I'll probably don't. get. Oh, who do I get? You, get? you get 49ers Rams. We'll have a link on in the episode link for you in the podcast. I don't like it. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't even get it either. I no, no, I do get it. I think I do. No, I get Giant Seahawks. Yay, yay! Even though I'll be watching Colts Commanders too. Um. Man, there, there's a lot here. I feel like I feel like this is a game that the Giants prove that they're among the contenders. Because I feel like they just have the better roster than Seattle. And I haven't really said that much about the Giants this year. I just really trust Brian Dayball and what he's done with this team. I, I see, I promise I'm having a tough time reading this Giants team. I really am. They just I, I think they're good. I really do. I don't think they're great, but I think they're good. I just don't. They do one. I know they do one thing well, and that's run the football. But like offensively and defensively, what do they run the ball? And then defensively, they blitz a lot. Yeah, I would agree with that. So I just wonder. I just wonder. um, I just wonder. Oh God, I'm falling apart. I wonder if that's enough to beat the Seahawks team because as much as I think the Seahawks have troubles on the ground with the defense, they can also throw the ball across the yard, even without DK Metcalf there. I just don't know if that blitz will get home enough. And so it's hard for me to get a read on this game because the Giants are, I just have trouble reading them. I'm going to pick the Giants. You know what? I'm going to take the Seahawks just because it's at Seattle. 
I don't think they're okay. like a vastly better team, but it's in Seattle. The fan base is energized by this team. They're loving Gino. They're loving everything. You got him covering? Yeah, I'll give him the cover. It's only three. Okay. <laughs> uh, moving on to Sunday night football, two games to go for you all. We got Packers Bills. I thought this game would be spectacular to start the year. And do we need to talk about this? Can we literally just pick the Bills and move the fuck on with the with the cover? With the cover, I mean, are the Packers going to score enough points to cover eleven point five? Do you no. think they'll cut? Do you think they'll score ten points in this game? They'll get they'll get seventeen. They'll get some garbage. Like I see them scoring at least a touchdown on the first or second drive, and that's it. So it'll be a raucous crowd in Orchard Park. Excited to watch that. Um, then the last game on Monday Night Football is the Battle of Ohio. Part one is the Bengals versus the Browns in Cleveland. Did I write this right? The Cleveland's the favorite. That can't be right. That can't be right. Uh, no, there's no way. I had a ty- There's got to be a typo here. Hold on. But, uh, yes, it's, it's it's Bengals favored by three. I was about to say <laughs> the Browns should not be favored. Lord, I apologize. So the Bengals favored by three. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, devastating news with Jamar Chase. Um. Mm. I think that's going to be a huge impact. I don't like three points for the Bengals. I yeah, really this one's weird because the Bengals offense has had such struggles this year, and they finally found their footing somewhat, and then they instantly lose Jamar Chase. But also the Browns' defense sucks. So I, I just don't know. It's – I think I'm going to lean with the Bengals. They're just the better team. The Browns have not shown me enough ability to do anything on either side of the ball. They can, they can run sometimes, but they just they have not been clutch. They've not been able to get stops they needed. They've not been able to score when they needed. And they don't have as good of a passer. I mean, Miles Garrett's good, and that might be a problem. But just give me the Bengals. They have more talent, and I believe in them more right now. This is a big Joe Burrow moment. Yeah. Big Joe Burrow moment. I see him going off again, and they need him to, and I like them covering. All right, Neil, that's week eight. Anything you want to add? I think it'll be okay. It'll be nice for me. It's nice because my team's off, so I just get to chill and watch games. And I stress. I'll stress out. It's fine. All right, everybody, I hope your team does well. I hope you do well in fantasy, and we'll be back either Sunday or Monday to recap week eight. Have a great night. Bye.